0: A Parade of Vices I said from the start that one of the most satisfying elements of this novel is the author's insight into the vices of the society in which she seems to be stuck. Pride and prejudice are the least of it. In these last chapters, a seemingly endless array of human foibles are on parade. I love her. But nonetheless, let's start by looking at the weaknesses even in our dear Jane. Her desire to find only goodness in everyone she knows is practically pathological. Not only has Mr. Wickham given her every reason for mistrust, her failure to openly acknowledge his faults has led directly to consequences that have been disastrous. And still, Jane tries to find any excuse to forgive him. In this example, when she interrupts the letter read by Lizzie, the effect was comical. Then it is as I always hoped, cried Jane. They are married, Elizabeth read on. I have seen them both. They are not married, nor can I find there was any intention of being so. But to me, Jane's intransigent optimism becomes tiresome. Once it is even a possibility that Wickham will marry Lydia, Jane is at the ready to revise her judgment. She says, Wickham is not so undeserving, then, as we thought him. Unquote. Later, she comforts herself with the idea that Wickham would not marry Lydia if he did not have a real regard for her. She positively refuses to believe that her uncle bought him off. And even if the worst proves to be true, she has devised a backup plan to preserve her benevolent outlook. Quote, their mutual affection will steady them, and I flatter myself they will settle so quietly and live in so rational a manner as may in time make their past imprudence forgotten, Unquote. It becomes harder and harder to admire Jane's benevolence when she just seems so willfully blind. But Jane is an angel beside Mrs. Bennet. Her vices are shallowness and hypocrisy, and she has made an art of them. After all her pathetic and self-pitying speeches about how Wickham and Lydia have ruined their lives, at the news that they are to be married, whatever the circumstances, she makes an abrupt, emotional about-face into expressions of unmitigated joy. Quote, She was now in an irritation as violent from delight as she had ever been fidgety from alarm and vexation. To know that her daughter would be married was enough. She was disturbed by no fear for her felicity— nor humbled by any remembrance of her misconduct," unquote. Marriage is marriage, and something about which one can boast to the neighbors, no matter how or why. Her despair over the family's certain destruction, and her invectives against the viciousness of Wickham, are abruptly and permanently brushed aside at the news of their engagement. It has become, quote, My good, kind brother, I knew how it would be, I knew he would manage everything. How I longed to see her, and to see dear Wickham, too. But the clothes, the wedding clothes, unquote. Wickham is now dear, and what matters is not their conduct, but their wedding clothes. And where I was initially amused by Mr. Bennett, as he sat back and wryly observed his family's foolishness, I have now become more conscious of the vice of his sitting back— we learn that he has been guilty of indolence and irresponsibility in ways we hadn't even known before. Quote, Mr. Bennett had often wished before this period of his life that, instead of spending his whole income, he had laid by an annual sum for the better provision of his children and of his wife if she survived him. He now wished it more than ever. Unquote. And despite Mrs. Bennett's fleeting conviction that he might die in a duel defending Lydia's honor— he is actually grateful to be relieved by his brother-in-law of the necessity for action. Quote, that it would be done with such trifling exertion on his side, too, was another very welcome surprise, for his wish at present was to have as little trouble in the business as possible. When the first transports of rage which had produced his activity in seeking her were over, he naturally returned to all his former indolence. Unquote. And then there's Lydia. Forgive the inelegant description, but she is just a twit. While Jane feels pity in expectation of the mortification she must feel, Lydia instead marches in with the blithe joy of the blushing bride, absolutely oblivious to her own immorality. While her uncle sends her to the north, where she might hide her shame and start anew, she wants to spread the news of her engagement to all the neighbors. Pride and prejudice over-generousness and willful blindness, hypocrisy and shallowness, indolence and irresponsibility, and just being a teenage twit. So many of society's vices are so effectively exposed. It helps to have even a hint that we might find redemption in the happy union of characters who rise above the rest.